This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hi and welcome to the Black and Blue Report. We're back at you again with another podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly and greetings today from Studio B on Airline Drive. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You've made it almost halfway through the week, haven't you? Uh, a weird week, as we talked about earlier, uh, with the holiday on Monday. So uh, you may be feeling like you're still way ahead of the game here. Or you may be like me and just feel totally lost as to uh, where we are in this week. But uh, I can assure you, uh, this is the Wednesday edition. We're going to start with basketball first today, and uh, and then we'll follow up with a bit of a review on the Saints side with quarterback Drew Brees. But on the basketball side, it is Wednesday. That means a Wesley Wednesday with David Wesley. And we'll talk uh, all things Pelicans basketball with him as the Pelicans uh, get set for one quick home game tomorrow night and then the big East Coast trip that a lot of us have been looking forward to. As much as we were the homestand uh, that the Pelicans recently went 4-1 and one on, this uh, five-game road trip out East will tell us even a lot more. Kind of here's why. Because... You know, it was an interesting night in the NBA last night, and the teams around the Pelicans right now are key to watch. I would say this. There's a severe drop-off between 7 and then 8 in the playoff standings, like nearly a four-game drop-off between, as it stands right now, uh, Memphis at 22-15, and 15, and then Sacramento, who now holds the eighth spot in the West at 15-19. and 19. Then there's this kind of this log jam with – Sacramento at 15 wins, Portland at 15 wins, Denver and New Orleans at 14 wins, and then the Lakers still in the picture uh, with 13 wins. So kind of as it stands right now, the Pelicans, you know, with regard to the standings, are two games out of the eighth seed, three back, though, in the loss column, and that's really the one I want you to look at. And as far as head-to-head meetings go between uh, all those teams, we're not going to see many here in the month of January, okay? We kind of had one last night. Sacramento beat Denver 120-113, to 113, somewhat significant. It obviously lifts Sacramento up into the picture momentarily and drops Denver to 14-21. and 21. But after that, after last night, I think there may be only like two other nights that we'll see in January where that team and that group will play each other head-to-head. And so it'll be interesting to see who can make hay in their particular situations like with the Pelicans who are in the midst of playing 11 straight against the Eastern Conference and have five of their next six on the road that'll be followed up by the longest homestand of the year here throughout the month of January Uh, you know we'll be tracking all this and to see where things stand at the end of the month I think will tell us uh, whether or not the Pelicans are nearing 500 uh, still either right there at the eighth seed or within shouting distance so plenty to talk about with David Wesley. And uh, we'll also bring up the fact that there's a new player on the practice floor today. Donatas Motoyunis is with the team. A seven-footer most recently with the Rockets is here. And uh, we'll have a report from him, I think, later today on pelicans.com. And we're efforting to get him one-on-one for tomorrow's uh, black and blue report. It'll be a game day, obviously, against the Atlanta Hawks, but it might be our first chance to visit with him. We might see his first uh, Pelicans minutes tomorrow night as well before the the road trip. So lots to talk about there. David Wesley will be our first guest today. And then secondly, we're going to kind of look back at Drew Brees' media availability this week as the uh, Saints, you know, obviously wrapping up the regular season. And uh, we're kind of reviewing a little bit, 
getting some analysis as we go along throughout this week and perhaps next two on uh, what you know what came of a seven and nine season again for the New Orleans Saints. So I think a lot of you have heard clips or sound bites or read them uh, with regard to Drew Brees. Today we'll give you the entire media availability, um, start to finish, so that you can take away from it what you would like or interpret what you want. Uh, I know there's been some of that. You know, he said this or this this was a little new. Well, let's let's take the thing in its entirety, share it with you today, and then and then you can go from there. So that's our Wednesday show. Hope you'll stay with us throughout uh, our program today. We'll take a quick brief timeout, and then we'll kick off our Pelicans conversation with David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans after this. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to win the night with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out ticket package presented by Coors Light. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four Coors Light beers, plus two collectible pint glasses, all for as low as $50. Win the night with the next Guys Night Out on Monday, January 5th against the Atlanta Hawks. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy lineman and safety specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com. He has as many Twitter followers as Justin Bieber. It's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Let's talk that Pelicans basketball now here on a Wesley Wednesday. We welcome in David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans, who joins us here uh, in between games. And David, the Pelicans uh, tripped and fell a little bit their last time out. Kind of took the uh, the wind out of the four-game win streak uh, at Cleveland. And, and I know, folks... We're talking about, oh, you know, it was, it was close and, you know, it's the defending world champs. I'm still smarting a little bit over the other night at Cleveland. You? Yes. I was going to say, you should be. Uh, that, was a, that was a golden opportunity. Uh, you have a, a sick Kevin Love, no Kyrie, um, and you defend well, but you don't close the game once again the way you need to close. I mean, the last six, seven possessions were just – some of them were awful. Um, and you can't afford to make those kind of mistakes down the stretch against the defending champs. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's an opportunity that got away. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you very much. When you talk about bad possessions, David, be specific. What was bad about the possessions down the stretch? Well, you know, um, you, you, get a, you get a turnover – I think you got a, a AD three, um, one where they look like they weren't on the same page, uh, then another turnover. And, and I remember, uh, the last four possessions and, and I, I'm not looking at it right now, but, uh, you know, I remember starting to write it down. Like that's the possession. That's the shot. You, you turn the ball over there. You know, it, it just, it, it, when you're that close, you're in the game, um, you have 
you know, some, some offense was was sketchy at best all night. It mm-hmm. just never got into a really good flow. And you're thinking, well, it doesn't have to be if you're still close because all you have to do is now finish the game. And there's been so many games this year that the Pelicans, that the fans, that, that, that we will look back and say their record could be so much better, especially if they miss the, the playoffs by two or three games. They're going to look back and say, well, we had enough chances to be in the playoffs and not even be worrying about this last week or last couple of weeks of the season. We should be sitting right in the middle of the playoffs. But uh, I have a feeling it's going to come back to haunt this team, the fact that all year um, they've struggled to, to close games. I had a conversation, David, with Dante Cunningham after shoot-around on Monday. Now, granted, this is before the Cleveland game, and it's – it's the shoot-around after a four-game win streak. And we talked about the new lineup and, and the recent success of the team. I mean, even with the loss, they've still, they've still won four of the last five. But he said, he said that he believes that the offensive numbers are up because their defense is creating offense. And so then I asked him, David, okay, well, what's different about the defense then? And he said, we're just communicating better that this group that is now working together, especially at the start of games and maybe to some extent to finish, is talking more and there's a, a kind of chemistry that exists amongst them. I need you as a former player to tell me why that is as opposed to prior to the lineup change. All right. You, you, I've told you the story before about how when I was on the floor with Anthony Mason uh, and – a guy would come set a screen, and I told you, because of his New York days and, and how he played so aggressive, there were times that he would jump out so far and so fast that I could pretty much walk and meet the guy on the other side. It wasn't the same as some of our other bigs that weren't as good, didn't have the foot quickness. So you had two defensive-minded players guarding a situation, and for me, I could see it was just easier. You have Anthony Davis, who's a, a great defender, slash also talks. You have Dante Cunningham, who's a good defender, slash talks. And then you have Solomon Hill, defensive-minded, good defender, who talks. When you have three guys on the floor that are talking, and I specifically pointed out uh, on, on our telecast, hey, did you see even – and and the one that I was pointing out was even Buddy Heald is starting to do some of that talking. So Buddy Heald was on the weak side with Anthony Davis. And it's something that I, you know, I remember doing was I would go put my hand on Anthony Davis's man and say, Anthony, I got you. Now, that's not telling Anthony to go. That's just letting him know that if you've got to go to the strong side and help, I'm in position. Or I might say, you can go, you can go. You're starting to see some of that communication, so defense is better. People aren't on their way. They're there. They're early. They're seeing things develop, and they're in the right places. When you do that, it tells other players where to go. If you're in between, I don't know if I'm going to help. If you go help and you're, it's a definite move, I know I have to be in the next position. And when you talk help the helper, 
when you have decisive moves and people moving quickly and knowing where they're going, it helps everybody else rotate. They're scrambling around when they get in those situations. They're running guys off the line. And, therefore, they're better. And, of course, with all that said, it's no good if you don't rebound the basketball. Against Cleveland, when you have one of the best rebounders in the league in Tristan Thompson, you got to put a body on him. And for the most part, and he still got his rebounds, for the most part, they were mostly defensive, and I saw people blocking out. This group does that um, as well as I've seen this team block out in the five years I've been doing it. Uh, this one group has that communication, that block out, that, and, and they don't do it all the time, but that night they were focused on blocking Tristan out. They got the job done, and even Kevin Love when he was on the floor, and they gave him a chance. And, and certainly if you're playing defense like that, you're getting out running, you're getting easy opportunities, and this team is shooting the three ball way better than they did in the beginning of the season, they're going to be in games now. Can you close them? That's a good call, and we'll find out here real quick because we didn't see it on Monday, uh, and the road will test you even more coming up, and we'll we'll get to that. David, what you just said, though, about this group, is that just unique to this group, or is that in some way an indictment against, say, Alexia Jensa or, or Omer Ashik? Or maybe I'm just trying to draw comparisons or dig deeper, and I shouldn't. You tell me. Well, the, the only thing that I would say, and I don't know this for a fact, is they may not be the talkers that you have in this group. And they may not be, if they're talkers, the question I would ask is, are they consistent with the talk? Are they rotating as quick? Are they rotating early? Sometimes when a defensive team gets in rhythm, you just know that certain people are going to be in certain positions. And you're not even surprised that they are. And when you know a guy is a good helper, you know you have to be in position to help him. Those kind of rhythms are like basketball, uh, I mean, like offensive rhythm. If you can get into that rhythm, you can be really good and you can look really good as long as everybody stays focused. My biggest thing I've said about Agenta is his focus, that, that consistency and his focus to be who he is. We know he's gifted. We know he's, he can shoot the basketball. He's got talent. He can do some things. But there's a reason why right now he's not even getting playing time. And I don't mean he's coming off the bench playing. He's not playing at all. There's a reason for that. And I think it has everything to do with his consistency and his focus on the game. Uh, and with them wanting to play small and run more, I, I think that's where maybe Ossick and Adenta have, have fallen kind of out of favor a little bit in the sense that, you know what, I'm getting my best players out there that can do it on both ends and – you got Dante making threes, you got Solomon Hill making threes, and they're defending. And because of it, they beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Now they have to make that next step, beating some of the teams that have winning records or, or top of the league, like a Cleveland, not 100%. They got to win that game if they're going to make this run at the playoffs. David Wesley is talking with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, Buddy Heald named Western Conference Rookie of the Month for December yesterday. David, what did you like about Buddy Heald's month of December? I like how he 
started getting comfortable. You know, it, it's early in the season. He wasn't even hitting open shots. He was rushing everything. He wasn't square. He was unsure. Since he's been in the starting lineup, obviously playing with guys that are a little bit better, play a little bit different, uh, able to draw the attention and get him cleaner looks. He's knocking down open shots. Now he's creating and making the tough ones. Uh, he's not just a standstill shooter. He goes in, he, he creates, gets to the basket, shoots floaters. I think out there with that defensive group, again, guys that know how to do it make your job easier, make it more uh, – you, you understand what is asked of you, and therefore his defense has gotten a little bit better. His understanding of where to go, when to help, when to help appropriately, not overhelp. Those things are starting to kind of steamroll, and he's starting to feel it, starting to get his confidence in his and his and he's feeling sure of himself, which is huge. When you're not reacting, you're proactive and you're getting places. You become a lot better player. When you're coming off screens and you know I'm supposed to get this shot, when you know you're getting eight minutes, nine minutes stretches, you can take your time and you can pick your spots and be aggressive when necessary. And I think. Uh, what a great honor for him to, to, to get it, and, and I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, I do too. Um, there's a new player on the Pelicans practice floor today, and that's Donatas Modiunas, uh, seven-footer, most recently with the Rockets. David, what, what do you think he'll bring to the Pelicans, uh, and has his, has his current situation set him back, uh, you know, coming off of a back injury, and then I don't want to call it a holdout, but contract problems, uh, physicals, the, all those things that have – not allowed him to play this season. So, you know, here in January he comes along. What do you think happens? I I think they're going to try to get him in as quick as possible. But like Drew when he came back, like Tyreek when he came back, you have to give him you have to give him a preseason. So for the next eight games, you put him out there, you see what he has, you see how he's doing. There's been several teams back and forth where he's not passing physicals. How healthy will he be? How available will he be on a night-to-night basis? How many minutes can you play him? I'm sure at some point they're going to try to get him to the 15- to 20-minute mark and, and see what that does. But he's long. He can block shots. He can knock down shots. Um he could be a good thing for this team, especially with, with some of the big centers in this league. We'll just have to see how he fits into the chemistry of this team. Okay. Yep, fair enough. Uh, I, I didn't think it was fair of me to ask you that question, but it's news, so I did. <laughs> um, yeah. No, yes. it's, it's a fair question. Yeah. Um, you know, the, you'll be you'll be dialed in this weekend because the Cowboys have a bye, so I, I can't ask you fairly this question. <laughs> um, oh, uh-oh. Well, no, home tomorrow night against the Atlanta Hawks, who have been somewhat of a mystery. And then this five-game East Coast trip that's going to see you play at Boston, at New York, at Brooklyn, at Chicago, and Indiana. Just give me the David Wesley bullet points here as you look at this next chunk or this next phase. Well, the, the, the Pelicans have played well against the East, so there are some opportunities. Boston, uh, I believe they took a little bit of a dip 
uh, and now they're back. They seem to be in a pretty good rhythm. Isaiah Thomas is 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 wow. Uh, before we get to Boston, obviously Atlanta, you, you never know who's going to show up. They could show up like beasts from the east, or they could show up like they did the first time the Pelicans played them, and the Pelicans jump all over them, which I'm hoping for. Uh, Indiana, another team that's kind of a mystery. Not really sure what you get from them night to night. Paul George not really playing that all-star MVP type type game. Um, Chicago, they're going through their own thing with Rondo and and Wade's being Wade's been out. So you don't you're not sure what kind of team they'll show up, but Butler just put up 52, so he's he's locked in. Um, did I miss a team? Well, uh, you know, New York, uh, it, it, you know, a team you you have actually played uh, and and also beat. Yes, yeah, so uh, New York is a, is a team that that again, uh, if you go in there with the wrong attitude, they'll beat you. They have people that can get the job done. You have to get out early take their confidence away and, and, and take that game. You, you can't lose to the New Yorks of the league. Even though they have talented players in, in Mello and Porzingis, they, you, can't, you can't take them lightly. You can't think, oh, I'm going out in New York because we're there a while. <laughs> um, you can't go out in New York and think I'm going to get up and play the next day. Do, do, we have the, the, do we have Brooklyn too? Yes, yes. On this trip? Yeah, um, I don't know much about Brooklyn. Um, I, I haven't really paid attention. They kind of they kind of got lost in in my shuffle. But um, I know it's a winnable game. I know Brooklyn's not lighting the, the league on fire either. So um, it could be a good road trip. Uh, it could be as good as as this team is focused enough to go out there and get and, and play. Uh, but it also could be one of those trips, uh, and we've been on some of those trips in the previous years where you're saying. I remember one year we beat. All the good teams and lost to the bad teams. So you got to go out there and win the games you're supposed to win. All right, let me put you on the spot, and we'll revisit this when you and I um, uh, do the podcast again next week from New York City. That is this, David. Okay. Um, again, there's this game against Atlanta first, but just take the road trip itself. You know, during the homestand recently over the Christmas break, uh, everybody was zeroed in on it had to be four and one uh, at least, and thankfully it turned out to be that way. David, will you be happy with a winning road trip, or do you need yourself to have a four and one road trip, uh, much like the homestand, or better? The, the the only team that that I think will be problematic is Boston on this road trip. Everybody else can be beat. So a winning record, yes. I won't say four and one, but no worse than three and two. Okay, okay. You'd like four and one. You'd be okay with a winning trip. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. We'll revisit next Wednesday. Um, and by the way, for those keeping score, as I know David is, uh, we had Joel Myers as broadcast partner on on Monday. David Wesley on today. David, your visit is longer than our Monday visit with Joel Myers. Because <laughs> I asked you how many questions did you ask him? You did. You wanted to know the time, and you've beat, yes. him, you've beat him by a good three minutes right now. Easy. Oh, 
never live it down. No, well, no, but it was you just good volume, good volume. See you tomorrow. Right. See you tomorrow, my friend. All right. See you. See you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Good talk. Good talk. David Wesley with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Wesley Wednesday from New York next time around. Uh, when we come back from our uh, next break here, we'll talk Saints football and uh, bring in Drew Brees. Stay with us. Hey, New Orleans. The world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun. Starting Friday night, come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star Practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back. Time to turn our attention toward the Saints a little bit. And as I talked about in our opening segment, we're going to play for you the entire Drew Brees media availability. That was uh, in front of his locker earlier this week. And uh, in this day and age of, you know, mobile devices and quick sound bites and and, uh, tweets and and posts that are limited to characters and, and, and all that, uh, rarely do we get the chance to get the entire uh, piece. And so today on the Black and Blue Report, we wanted to do that for you. Uh, we've been able to get the tape and uh, leave it untouched for you start to finish to really dig into what Drew Brees had to say at the end of the Saints season. To talk at all, Drew? No, but we will today. We will today. The, you know, usually we have our, our um, meeting, go through the physicals, have our meeting, and then, you know, I make my way up and, Chat with Sean, chat with Mickey, and chat with some of the guys, and then and then uh, you know we kind of go go our ways. Do you expect to hear anything different at all than you? <laughs> uh, no, I don't expect to. I don't expect to. But um, um, then again, you know I, I don't listen. I, I don't I don't believe everything I hear that's floating around uh, until you know I have the opportunity to talk to uh, 
you know, everybody face to face. Does it become a distraction, kind of like back to back years, kind of the same stuff popping up with Sean and the uncertain future and all the different, you know, up until last year, none of this happened and now it's back to back years. I don't find it a distraction. Um, if anything, I, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's tough for me because as the quarterback, you know, you, you want to, you want to win, you want to win football games. And that's, that's what solves this problem. You know I mean? That's what makes all this stuff go away is when you win, when you go to the playoffs and when you are making a run at it. And so that's, that's the, the hard part for me. That's the disappointing part for, for me is, is just the fact that we've, we have, if, if not had a chance at the playoffs here over the last few years. Last year after Coach Payton talked you know, for an hour last year, and it seemed like all this was not going to happen again so soon. Do you, are you surprised that all this talk has resurfaced just a year later? Well, again, it's um, <clears throat> we are in a results-driven business, you know, and um, um, when when the expectation level is playoffs, and when you anytime you fall short of what your expectations or your goals are, then uh, obviously there's going to be speculation. If winning takes care of it, how does this team get back to the business of winning? Well, uh, I think we, we, we need to recognize, um, first and foremost, what wins and loses in this, in this league and understand that, you know, perennially, every, every year, um, there are 8 to 10 football games that are one possession games or one, um, you know, seven points or less. And so... What do we need to do to make sure that we're making the plays that are allowing us, that are giving us the opportunity to win a majority of those games? Because that truly is the difference between being in a 12-4 and four playoff team and then just being middle of the pack, 7-9, or 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven. Um, which unfortunately we've been too many times. You know, um, The last three years, and certainly look at a few games in each of those years that had we been able to you know, flip the script and, 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 and have that go in our favor, then you know, we're a playoff team. And then we're sitting here talking about us going to the playoffs, you know, four years in a row as opposed to missing it three years in a row. You talk about seven and eight. You and Zach and Roman, those guys understand that, but do you have to kind of explain it to the younger guys, I guess, or, or do, do you get a sense that they get a feel that you're close to turning? I think everybody feels like we're very close to turning. I feel like I feel like everybody feels like we're we're at that tipping point where just man, it's 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 almost here. It's coming. Um, listen, I I look at our preparation. I look at uh, our work ethic. I look at our approach. I mean, I, I think we're doing all, things the right way, um, and we've got the type of guys that it takes. I mean, we've got the type of personalities and the type of character. Um, Guys that are hungry, guys that are extremely competitive, guys that really want to be great, want to win, have come from winning programs and winning traditions, and and and, and that's what they're used to. That's what the expectation level is, um, and so that's why it's so hard on us right now to sit here and have to talk about you know the situation we're in. And yet, um, I mean, it might sound like a broken record based upon what I said yesterday, but you know, I I firmly believe that there's there's times where you almost take got to take a step back before you can take you know big leaps forward um and and we've had a few tough years here but man i feel like we've learned and grown and really i think established some things here that are going to be the foundation by which we're going to be successful in the very near future
you guys obviously take pride in the good locker room that you've built here. Does it hurt it at all when there's that uncertainty or speculation out there about the coach? No, no, it, I, it doesn't hurt it because um, I think we have enough guys in here that, um, I mean, believe in our system and believe in the program and obviously believe in Sean and, um, you know, are going to stick together no matter what. Um, so, no, that doesn't bother us. Drew, after another trying season, have you given any thought to how long you want to keep playing? Um, I'm, I'm just taking it one year at a time. I mean, honestly, because um, I don't, I certainly don't want to miss out. I, I don't want to overlook any opportunity. I don't want to miss out on any just moment, you know, and, and um, I understand that I'm more towards the end of my career than I am the beginning, you know, and so time is limited. Um, I can't tell you how long that's going to be. Um, I just want to make the most of each moment, each opportunity, and each season, and don't look any further ahead than just what's right in front of me um, and just value that um, um, so it doesn't go by too fast. True, is there any scenario where you could, you ever think about being here without Sean Payton? I mean, that's... No, I've, I've, I've not, not gone there. <laughs> I've not gone there mentally. No, no, I don't want to go there. You've talked so much about laying the foundation, though. If something were to happen, that maybe out of his control, maybe it's make his decision, would that would all this laying the foundation be for not? Or? Well, I mean, listen, all this is very speculative, you know, so it's we're talking hypotheticals here. I mean, listen, we, we deal with things as they come, you know, but, but I just I don't just don't expect that to happen. What about your contract situation, the way you guys did things, you're yeah. again heading into the final year of your deal? Is it something you don't want to happen this year, or you'd rather not talk contract this year like you did all last um, Listen, I, I mean, so I signed a one-year extension, you know, so that was this year and then next year, and so I plan on playing that out and just allowing things to take form and take shape here for, for next year, and putting forth my absolute best effort to help us win a division championship and then in a world championship. And then, again, just one year at a time. You know, I'm um, – and that's not, that's not a lack of commitment or anything like that. It's just I just want to focus on what's right in front of me. So, so last year I know you wanted yeah. sort of a multi-year deal. Is that something you're not really going to – No, I'm not oh, – here's the thing. I'm not, concerned, I'm not concerned about it because I think a big part of that was – how how can we creatively open up cap space too for the for the team you know for for us to be able to build what is going to be a you know great foundation and, and, and championship core moving forward and we accomplished that with with the deal last year at the beginning of this year um, so there's really nothing to be done at this point. Yeah. And the last time that's happened has been when Dipping was here. So it's been a long time. Mm -hmm. kind of, can you relate that to fans? Or because they kind of just see the record and they're probably growing and frustrated. Well, if it makes them feel better, fans, <laughs> I don't think you could be as frustrated as I am. <laughs> um, being the quarterback of this team uh, during that time and um, – and obviously taking my, my job, my profession very seriously as not only the quarterback of this team, but as somebody who represents the community and the fan base. Um, we want to give the fans a winner. We want to give them championships. Um, we want to give them something to be proud of and to cheer for. Um, and you know, I, I think they recognize, I hope they recognize that 
man, we all go through some tough times and some tough stretches, and a lot of times we that's the opportunity to come out better on the other side. Um, we've done that as a community many times, and as I can relate that to football, that's what I feel like is happening with this team. All right, guys. Thanks, Thanks, all right. All right, so there you have it. That's the entire media availability from Saints quarterback Drew Brees this week. Of course, there was also news yesterday that he is going to be heavily involved with Dunkin' Donuts. How do you like that news, huh? I, I You know, I, I think it's cool that Drew Brees, I think, is going to be involved with Dunkin' Donuts. I just think it's better that there'll be Dunkin' Donuts all over the place uh, here in uh, not only southeast Louisiana, but north Louisiana as well. Mm, man, oh, man. Well, there you have it. Another... Uh, problem for me in the upcoming months uh, and uh, next year as far as self-discipline goes. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate that. (laughs) Anyway, we'll take a break. Wrap up this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report in just a minute. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Pelicans have the perfect way for you to win the night with your buds by scoring the Guys Night Out Ticket Package presented by Coors Light. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include two tickets and four Coors Light beers, plus two collectible pint glasses, all for as low as $50. Win the night with the next Guys Night Out on Monday, January 5th against the Atlanta Hawks. Visit pelicans.com to plan your Guys Night Out today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Cassie Calvert from the Saints and uh, Pelicans digital media team, our producer today here in Studio B. And, of course, she's a part of the Friday Black and Blue Reports. Um, Nice job today, Cassie. Thank you very much. And I didn't even tease you about Duke. Um, Grayson Allen and Coach K, both out. Is there any news on Grayson Allen? Is he coming back? Indefinite. And he lost his captainship. Interesting. I knew uh, Cassie would be dialed in on the uh, the Dukies. Uh, thanks, as always, to David Wesley on a Wesley Wednesday and to those who uh, helped bring us uh, Drew Brees' media availability today. Uh, tomorrow, we're back at you on a game day. We'll be previewing the uh, Pelicans and the Hawks tomorrow night at Smoothie King Center. Hope to see you at the game. I know there are some tickets still available. I think it's a big game here to bridge. Uh, for the Pelicans before heading out east. So 7 o'clock tip-off tomorrow, and we'll preview, um, of course, just after noon central. No appointment radio. That's why we like the Black and Blue Report, and there are lots of other great podcasts out there as well and uh, easily consumed, obviously, on a variety of platforms, at least for us, the Pelicans mobile app, the Saints mobile app, on your desktop at NewOrleansSaints.com, Pelicans.com. And then there are two other ways, as a matter of fact, uh, some of you are taking advantage of the fact that this is a free download on iTunes, yes, and also those of you with the TuneIn radio app, which I am very fond of, have been able to find this podcast too. So help us spread the word, and uh, we'll take you through a Thursday uh, tomorrow as uh, I'll be in the host chair. We'll broadcast here from Studio B once again. 
Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time right here on the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.